This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I am PWI senior writer Al Castle, joined by two senior writers uh, this time around. I've got uh, my co-host, Dan Murphy. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's a group of uh, senior citizens here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and um, well, I think you're the seniorest of the, of, I think you're the super senior, uh, Dan, because if, <laughs> if the, uh, the new issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated is correct, uh, our other co-host this week, Harry Burkett, is just celebrating his 20th year with the magazine. Is that right? Oh my goodness! Yes, twenty years. Hard to believe. What do you got in, uh, Dan? Very close to that, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, uh, Harry. I think you're a little bit ahead of me, and yeah, it's uh, it's been a good run, though. Yeah, actually, with the next issue, uh, I make ten years. I just did that math uh, a couple days ago, so this is my tenth anniversary. Alan Newbie. That's right. Yeah, I'm the rookie, rookie of the year. <laughs> We got a couple uh, and, grizzled vets on the line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, obviously it's it's just about the biggest time of the year in our business. WrestleMania is right around the corner as we're recording this. It's uh, I believe less than two weeks away, and that's what we're going to be doing. Um, I think this is going to be probably our final podcast before the big show, so we'll be previewing uh, the card some. Dan is actually going to be at the show, uh, so it's yeah. going to be fun to get your thoughts about uh, what you're looking forward to the most. And uh, it's going to be good to talk to Harry about the show. And, and later on in the show, we're actually going to feature an interview uh, that Harry conducted that is in the uh, just released June 2017 issue of PWI with Cody Rhodes. Are we allowed to call him Cody Rhodes, Harry? I think we are. I, I guess the restriction is on television. You know, okay. he's known as Cody some places and, you know. It's very confusing. I yeah, I had to, to look at the magazine cover before I even brought it up and, and see, what do we call him? Cody Ronalds? Cody Rhodes? Uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to have a portion of that interview here on this podcast to get the uh, the full interview, and it's a heck of an interview. Uh, you'll definitely want to pick up the June 2017 issue of PWI, which I have uh, in front of me. It arrived in my mailbox uh, earlier this week. Uh, two beautiful ladies on the cover, Sasha Banks and Charlotte, as part of uh, the report cards for the stars inside, and uh, lots of other great features. Uh, let me go through the index right now. Uh, as I said, the hot seat interview that Harry conducted with uh, Cody Rhodes. Why don't you tell us a bit about it? Uh, listeners will hear some of it in just a moment, uh, but did you find him to be candid, uh, open, and... Uh, you know, considering all the changes he's gone through over the, over the last uh, a year or so, did he seem like a guy who was in a good place right now? Uh, yes, he does. Um, more than anything, he was just tremendously polite and down to earth. And you know, a lot, I know a lot of people ask us, you know, when you interview certain wrestlers, you know, what are they like? And my experience has been that ninety five percent are very cool. You know, sometimes you get muscle heads, you yep. know, they think the world revolves around them. But by and large, wrestlers are really great interviews, and Cody was no exception. Um, he did really admit to going through an identity crisis of sorts after his father's death, where he had worked for the same company as Dusty. You know, he was used to Dusty being part of that life. And his whole identity in the wrestling business has been as Dusty Rhodes' son. So I think he really, really looked at this as a chance to kind of find what he could do on his own. And he seems really uh, optimistic and uh, anxious to find out what the next chapter holds. What, what do you think is his upside? I mean, outside of WWE, some people wonder how much of an upside there is to reach. Uh, but he's working for... Pretty much everyone, including New Japan, which uh, outside of WWE is very much uh, the big leagues. Um, do you think he really makes his career and, and creates his legacy outside of WWE? Or do you think all this takes him back to WWE one day? Well, 
he seems very anxious to follow the young bucks model of you know having a lucrative career in Japan, uh, appearing in Ring of Honor. Um, now he was very complimentary toward the management in TNA, and it seemed glad to be there. But as far as a career model, I think he really. I don't know. He seems like he's excited about the idea of being like a throwback to the old territorial wrestler, you know, going to the highest bidder. Yeah. And sees the young bucks where they're so good at uh, marketing themselves, self-promotion, their huge social media following. And he's ex- especially, I guess, ecstatic is the word, to be associated with the Bullet Club, you know, yeah. arguably the hottest faction today. So I think... I think the fact that he's so busy, he's not really worried about the future right now. Now, as far as going back to WWE, ah, I'm not so sure because um, it didn't seem to me that they fought really hard to keep him. Uh, He did make some creative suggestions toward the end, which were pretty much ignored. So um, I would probably see him maybe just trying to go into acting more, Mm -hmm. more so trying to go back to WWE. We will see. And uh, for more insight, uh, tune into the interview that we'll have here at the end of the show. And again, pick up the June issue of uh, PWI uh, for the full interview, the hot seat interview with uh, very much a newsmaker these days, Cody Rhodes. Also in this issue, uh, we've got a feature on the WWE UK champion, Tyler Bate. Uh, a story on Bobby Fish, who is my uh, guest on the uh, the last episode of the podcast. I didn't know we were running this. Uh, had I known that, I, I would have loved to talk to him uh, a bit about uh, this feature. Um, but that's in there from one of uh, our, our newer writers. Uh, what's his name? Richard Mulhall? Is that his name? I don't want to butcher it. Uh, yes, Richard Mulhall. Um, uh, we got a, a feature in here on Sexy Star from um, Lucha Underground. My WrestleMania all-time sleepers, flops, and magical moments, uh, a fun top 10 list in three categories of some of the best and worst of WrestleMania, uh, a fun list. And Dan, uh, your report cards uh, of the stars, always a highlight of the magazine uh, each year. Uh, what you want to do is go to pwi-online.com and uh, pick up the one issue or subscribe. Uh, you can get a half off or more of the cover price by subscribing for six issues or for 12 issues, um, or the other option you have is to subscribe digitally or download one digital uh, issue. Uh, it looks fantastic on your laptop, and as uh, I've been talking about here for the last few weeks, the new PWI mobile app, brand new, that you can download for free from your favorite app store, um, really customizes the issue for your mobile device, uh, whether it's your iPhone or your Samsung, whatever it is. really looks fantastic, tailor-made for your uh your mobile device, a great way to enjoy the magazine. Lots of interactive features as well. Uh, so you'll definitely want to check that out. Uh, whatever you choose to do, go to pwi-online.com. That's the place to to find us, uh, to listen to this podcast streaming. Um, you can also uh, go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast, go through our archives, um, and you can uh, send us an email here, pwipodcast at outlook.com. Follow us on Twitter at officialpwi. Find us on Facebook and all that good stuff. All right, let's talk some WrestleMania. Uh, Dan, you're going to be there. When's the last time you went to WrestleMania? I have never been to a WrestleMania before. Really? Wow, I'm surprised that's, to hear uh, that. Yeah. Are you excited? That's, that, this will be my first one. You know, it, it's funny. The last one that uh, I was going to, uh, I was planning on going to was WrestleMania, I think it was 18 in Toronto, uh, mm-hmm. Hogan against The Rock. I was there, yep. And I had a conflict. I couldn't make it. And I thought, well, you know, WrestleMania will come back to Toronto. And here we are. It, it still hasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Toronto is about an hour and a half drive away from me. Uh, but no, I'm going down to uh, Orlando this year for WrestleMania. Uh, I have my my new book on the history of women's pro wrestling, Sisterhood of the Squared Circle. That's out. Yes, very exciting. Uh, Yeah, it's officially coming out WrestleMania weekend, and then it will be in stores everywhere by April uh, April 11th. Uh, But we'll have copies down at WrestleMania, so we're doing WrestleCon, and uh, my co-author and I, Pat LaProd, and I uh, will be doing the Shimmer Show and a few of the other shows and events going on over that whole week down at WrestleMania. Uh, so I'm excited to go in and kind of check out everything and, and really kind of soak in the atmosphere of, of WrestleMania week. 
That's great. Yeah, I've, I've been to uh, several over my life. It's been a few years. Last one I went to was uh, here in, in New York, New Jersey, uh, Mania 29. But before that, I used to go almost every year. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could be a, a hardened wrestling journalist, and it's hard not to just kind of fall into just being a fan over a WrestleMania weekend. That said, last year, and I was at some point uh, planning uh, going this year because I've got some family that I could stay with there. Uh, but one of the things that really turned me off was last year's Mania going something like seven hours. And I, I just don't know if I've got the attention span for that. Um, but it should be a fun show. Um, let's talk a bit about it. Um, I, I gave kind of a, a review or preview uh, a few weeks ago here. So I'm really curious to hear from both of you. Um, uh, Dan or Harry, I guess I'll ask Harry first. Is there a, a match in particular that you're looking forward to? Well, there's a couple of them, and it's only because I can't predict which way it'll go because there's heavy ramifications either way. And i got to go for the two marquee matchups, which are uh, Goldberg versus Lesnar. You know, Goldberg has a challenge that he's got to show a little bit more in the ring, and I think he might be capable of it. I think he's going to surprise people because I often think of uh, that great match he had against Diamond Dallas Page, Halloween Havoc where he pulled out a lot more tools out the shed as far as some grappling ability. So, um, but it's hard to see him losing, but my goodness, can Lesnar lose to Goldberg again? It, yeah. To me, I, I can't really figure out which way that one's going. And uh, the other one is Undertaker versus uh, Roman Reigns. You know, obviously the fans would love to see Undertaker just plant Reigns and to, are we finally going to see that happen? Everybody's begging to see it. I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, that, that's usually, I think, the thing I look forward to most at WrestleMania is those matches where, as you touched on, is you can't see either guy losing. Um, and those are probably the closest to those kind of matches uh, at WrestleMania this year. Um, I I can and and do expect Goldberg to lose. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if WWE kind of swerved us and had him uh, win. Uh, but obviously, the, the priority there, I think, has got to be Lesnar in as much as he is the WWE guy uh, for what that's worth. But but of the two part-timers, he is a little more full-time, I guess. Um, Undertaker and Roman Reigns, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, do you deal Undertaker another loss at WrestleMania? But then again... There is no streak anymore, so so kind of why not? If Roman Reigns is the priority, is the project, you know, whatever whatever we might think of that or fans might think of that. Uh, Dan, how about you? Are there any maybe sleeper matches? Again, the, the new issue of, of PWI, I talk about these sleeper matches, maybe matches that didn't get a lot of acclaim beforehand but really stole the show. Do you think there's some opportunities for those kind of matches on this card? Yeah, I, I think there are. And the thing is, What's interesting about this WrestleMania, and it's not a good thing, and um, it's just that this year, I don't know what the main event is. Yeah. I mean, we're a week and a half away from WrestleMania, and I, I don't know the main event. It used to be, um, by SummerSlam the previous year, you had a pretty good idea of what the main event was. Now, I know what the featured matches are, but, you know, is Goldberg versus Lesnar going to go on last? Are, are they going to change things up and somehow we get a Triple H Seth Rollins that nobody's predicting? You know, or, I mean, who knows what's, what's going to happen last? You, you, you just have to kind of, you know, just go with the show and, and it's WrestleMania and expect that there will be unexpected things and, and things will happen. But this is the first real WrestleMania where there's not a marquee main event matchup that's, that's drawing you in. I mean, it is... Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, the WrestleMania main event? I mean, it could be. I mean, no one really knows. As far as the sleeper goes, though, I think that we may be looking at the uh, the Neville match against Austin Aries. Yeah. I mean, that has all the potential to be a, a classic, depending on how much time they get and, and what they're able to do. If it's going to be another, like you said, Al, a seven-hour show, then – the, the the cruiserweights may not have enough time to really kind of uh, put a, a full effort forward. It, it's likely they don't even is, end up on the main show, right? I mean, I, I can exactly. very much see it's, this it's on the pre-show, yes. which would be a shame. Exactly. That's entirely possible. And then the uh, women's title match. And uh, now that Nia Jax is inserted in that match and it's a four-way bout, I don't know. It, it's I, I personally like 
singles and tag matches. I don't like three ways. I don't like fatal four ways. Um, I think they kind of cheapen the integrity of wrestling. I know it's an old school approach. I just don't like those. Um, but I think that's got the potential to be a match that um, I know all those women really want to shine on that stage. And I think they're willing to pull out all the stops to make that happen. So as far as sleepers go, those are the two matches I'd be looking for. Yeah, they did the three-way last year at uh, WrestleMania. It ended up being the best match of the show, I think, by far. I think that one felt a little more organic than this one. This feels like, let's just try to get as many you know people into this match as possible. And unfortunately, there's, there's several matches on the show that feels this way. It, it's a little reminiscent of uh, WrestleMania 2000, uh, if you remember. And WWE was riding really high at the time. And I think that entire show had one singles match, and it was um, Stacey Carter versus Terry Runnels, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one yeah, single right. match on that show. Um, and everything else was a tag match, a three-way, a four-way, a battle royal, including the main event. And this show has a little bit of that feel, um, you know, but for the, the top featured matches, I, I think, um, well, the tag title match is looking to be a three-way. There's a battle royal. There is a four-way the women's SmackDown title uh, match is like an eight-way or nine-way, whatever it is, uh, and there's a lot of it. And I get biggest show of the year. You want everybody to take part and uh, be showcased. But uh, I think as you touched on, it minimizes each match. And I like the idea of WrestleMania being the pinnacle, the climax of, of all uh, the biggest matches, the biggest grudges of the year. And um, I think you muddy it up with, with all this. But... Yeah, I, I understand. I think the intentions are good, and it's to let everybody get get a piece of uh, the show and, and get their moment. Um, as for the main event, I think I get what you're saying, but I think pretty clearly it's Goldberg and uh, Brock Lesnar. There is a world title uh, on the line, sort of, in as much as the Universal title is uh, a world title, and arguably the more important of the two titles because it's on the A brand. And it's, I think, the the biggest hyped match. So I would expect that to go on uh, last. Uh, how about uh, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt uh, for the real WWE title, in quote marks, uh, the, the the one with the lineage back to Buddy Rogers? Uh, any interest there, Harry? I, I saw the, the follow-up angle uh, last night, and I think touching on what conversation that Dan and I had the last podcast it just feels too hokey for me to really get like connected and invested in it. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential with Bray Wyatt, you know, being the cult leader as far as storylines, but WWE has not capitalized on that at all because they come up with this hokey stuff. And I think this is, if this is the main event, this is one of the weakest ones ever, only because as much as I respect Randy Orton, he just does not have that spark that, that you need for a WrestleMania main event. And, you know, a while ago you mentioned uh, WrestleMania 18 in, in Toronto. This is kind of like, you know, you had Hogan versus Rock, which stole the show, but that was followed by kind of sort of a ho-hum Triple H versus Chris Jericho match. But I think uh, compared to that, Triple H versus Chris Jericho, uh, was a much better match than I'm expecting between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. So I'm really? not really expecting good things out of that. Well, maybe this kind of keeps in theme with with my feature in the new issue, the sleepers, uh, flops, and magical moments. I think we've touched on some potential sleepers. Maybe this is our potential flop, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. I um, I don't want to say I have high hopes for, for this, but I do think both guys will have their, their working shoes on. Uh, and will try to deliver something good. Uh, I think the storyline uh, building up to the match is almost working against them. I mean, again, I th we touched on this, Dan. When you've got a a storyline that includes, you know, essentially arson <laughs> and and <laughs> all this, you know, magic and mystery. Uh, how was the payoff? Just a match and, and a standard match, you know. So, w what are your hopes for this match? Again, WrestleMania, I'd like it to be something predictable. I mean, let this be a street fight, a complete brawl. I mean, I don't want to see if, if 
if the psychological warfare is there and Randy Orton has infiltrated the, the Wyatt family and burnt down the house and desecrated the grave of Sister Abigail and everything else, and if four minutes into this match he applies a chin lock, it's like, <laughs> come on. I mean, just no. Let's, I mean, if they go, you know, all, all to the wall uh, for, for 20 minutes and just, and just you know, really, like you said, they're, they're working shoes, they're working boots. If they really put on a fun match, great. That that can be good. But it just can't be a, a regular match. I mean, make this something that's memorable. And it doesn't have to be crazy uh, spots. It doesn't have to be crazy brawling outside the ring. But just aggression and, and, and physicality and, and really, you know, it, it could make it interesting at, at the very least. Uh, I don't. I do expect the guys to show up there and, and want to steal the show and have a great match. Um, and I think that Randy Orton is a fantastic wrestler. Again, I agree with what Harry said. He, he doesn't really have that spark, but he's, he's a great utility guy. As Triple H might say, he's a B-plus player. Um, yep. and, and, and Bray has a great character, one that, again, hasn't been developed to its fullest. But, man, he has not been given a lot of chances to shine. If you look at Bray Wyatt since he came to WWE, he's come out on the losing end of every single feud he's ever had until he finally stumbled his way into the world title. So I think that he just wants to go out there and just have an epic match. So I think he's going to go out there and try to do it. You know, whether Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt can be the main event of WrestleMania. No, if so, it's, it's pretty weak, but I think they're going to try to. Yeah. Yeah. Just going through the magazine and according to you, Randy Orton is a B minus player. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> as fans can read about in the new issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, another match that I'd bring up as a potential flop, and it's not to be down on anything, but I'm, and I hope it's great, and, and it certainly could be uh, a very good, Triple H and Seth Rollins. Um, Seth Rollins, I don't think anybody could question what he brings to the table. I think his physical condition is very much uh, in question. I know a lot of it is storyline, but the reality is he did aggravate this knee injury, and you do have to worry about or wonder what his condition is and what will be his first match in months. And then the other part, uh, Harry, you touched on this with, with that match with Chris Jericho that headlined WrestleMania 18 years ago. It happened again a couple years after that at WrestleMania 25 against Randy Orton and uh, happened again last year with Roman Reigns. I mean, the reality is uh, Triple H in these big showcase matches, and you can make an argument that it happened also with Sting. And I know... People have mixed feelings about that match, but uh, certainly more than once in a big spot at WrestleMania, uh, Triple H has had a disappointing performance, and it feels like there's at least a potential for that here. Do you agree? Yeah, and I think uh, especially in later years, the problem with Triple H is he is very much the ring general. It's, it's uh, not much unpredictability in the matches. Uh Sometimes I wonder if uh, his opponents, whether they're intimidated. But yeah. in fact, not only are, are they in the ring with the game, but they're in the ring with the on-air COO, the uh, executive vice president. <laughs> and, uh, and Because what it ends up being is a 100% Triple H match. I think we already know what kind of match we're going to see, uh, Triple H versus Seth Rollins. We'll, we'll feel like we've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Dan, do you have high hopes for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, uh, like Harry said, yeah, the Triple H match, we've, we've been seeing the Triple H match for 20 years. And, uh, you know, when it comes to really classic standout, look back at his career, best matches of Triple H, there's one. And, and for me, that's him against Cactus Track. Uh, I don't think there's any match that I've looked at from Triple H. It's like, wow, that's a classic other than that one match. No, and, I think um, I've seen some some really good matches from Triple H um, no, in WrestleMania really in the good. last several years. I, I think the yeah, Daniel yeah. Bryan match at, at uh, 30 was a terrific match. And I think uh, I think we might have disagreed on this, but, but uh, WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell match. I'm sorry, 20... When was that? It was 28, yeah. It was um, the Hell in a Cell with The Undertaker, with Shawn Michaels as uh, referee. I love that match. I thought that thing was But a, again, a here's, here's what that is, man. That's all smoke and mirrors. That's yeah. Hell in a Cell gimmick. Shawn Michaels referee gimmick. Sledgehammer gimmick. It's all hiding the fact. It, it's just, it, it's, I mean, you know, 
it's it's not a great match, in my opinion. I mean, what what attracts me to wrestling is is the uh, legitimacy, the feeling of this is real, this is this is athletic competition. If you're looking at this in terms of spectacle and that, that was unexpected, okay, fine. But I think anything Brock Lesnar has done, really anything Brock Lesnar has done, has surpassed anything that Triple H has ever done. Yeah, um, it actually in, reminds in me of, of a... I, I'm sorry, I was going to say it reminds me of another bad WrestleMania uh, Triple H match, and it was Triple H, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 29, which was another very much a letdown. Yeah, well, was that the uh, Triple H win, or was that when Brock Lesnar broke his arm and never got mentioned? That was uh, Triple H win. Yeah, he won that one. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, uh, you know, Triple H, for me, his best match on the big stage was against Cactus Jack. I don't think he's a a guy who really delivered. He he delivers a spectacle, great entrance, great, great promos, great whatever. But, man, his his stuff, it's, uh, I, and maybe Seth Rollins can bring something new to it, but uh, I'm not expecting a lot from that that match. What you mentioned, Cactus Jack. Other than it should take a long time. Yeah, there's at least a potential for maybe a Cactus Jack run-in in this match with some of the, the tension built up between the two of them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a Mick Foley cameo in that match. Um, another one that I think, again, could turn out really well or maybe not so much, maybe more in that, that flop category, AJ Styles and um, Shane McMahon. I don't think any of us question um AJ Styles as being one of the very best in the world much less WWE uh but against Shane McMahon how is this going to look how is this going to work are we supposed to view them as equals you know uh, we saw some of that on Smackdown last night and uh not just Shane getting kind of the um the the final word on AJ Styles with with that elbow off the top uh but just you know, I think the bigger problem they had was AJ kind of being hesitant coming out of the ring and coming out there and saying, Shane, calm down. It's like, what would you be scared of? You know, I, I don't know. Um, so I've, I've definitely have some issues on this one. The one thing is, I got to imagine AJ is uh, cognizant of some of these concerns and is going to be out there um, really to prove something. I kind of think of uh, Shawn Michaels against Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam 2005, where you know, he pretty much had a match with himself. And I wonder if we're going to see something like that in this match. Um, how about you, Harry? What do you think about this one? Well, I think this is the very first time I've actually looked forward to a Shane McMahon match. <laughs> and uh, that's because, you know, for all his heart and guts, it seems to me that his very presence undermines the talent that they're trying to build up every time. But this is a, a little bit different. Um, because, for, first of all, he's not the giant slayer. He's in there against AJ Styles, which, who's roughly the same size. Um, and, you know, Shane's really good at the planned spots, and I really see he and AJ delivering a great match. And, you know, AJ, he's a 20-year veteran. He, he knows how to uh, take this match and uh, take it up to four stars. I, so... For once, I'm looking forward to it. Or maybe I'm just relieved that it's not Brock Lesnar versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, I guess that is the uh, the silver lining. Uh, how about you, Dan? What are you expecting out of this one? I mean, is it going to be an AJ Styles clinic, um, or will it be dragged down by Shane McMahon? Well, Harry said four stars, and man, I would love to see a four-star <laughs> match out of this. I, I'd love to see a four-star match out of WrestleMania because I, I don't. The only one I see on paper that might be is the Kevin Owens Chris Jericho match, mm-hmm. and maybe, like I said, the uh, the Cruiserweight match. Um, but you know, Shane McMahon had a classic match against um, Kurt Angle at King of the Ring back in what was it, two thousand one, ninety-nine, maybe I forget. But they had an amazing match, and again, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors, false count anywhere, belly to belly suplexes against glass that didn't break, and Shane drops on his spine, you know, just craziness like that. Um, but it was an amazing match. It, it it holds up. It stands the test of time. So Shane has had at least one when he's been in there against a guy who really knows what he's doing, and you know that Shane Man's not going to go into WrestleMania half cocked. He he is going to work on this match and think it all through. 
So um, Shane against CJ, yeah, it, it could be a sleeper. Uh, I mean, you know, Shane has had some decent matches against great opponents. AJ is as good of an opponent as you're likely to find. Um, and it's not like they're going to give this a 10-minute time span. You know, this is a, a McMahon in the match, so it's going to go 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they're going to give it enough time to make it something special. So it could be a sleeper, but again, I'm, I'm coming in with low expectations. Yeah, and I think that's actually a good thing. I think low expectations help this match because um, it won't take a lot to exceed them. And again, I don't think anybody questions what AJ Styles could bring to the table in this match. And um, if nothing else, we know Shane is willing to put his body on the line. Uh, and sometimes that's not wise, and sometimes I think that even um, could work to the detriment of the match. Um, you know, I, I hope it's not just crazy stunts and and again Shane just sort of sacrificing his body uh I hope they they put something together that looks like a match that tells a story that ebbs and flows um but you got to be careful again because the flip side of that is do you want to depict uh them as equals and um that's the problem with a match like this is that to to put together a, a true wrestling match, there has to be some parity between the two. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not something that, that um, we should be concerned about too much. Um, but I don't know. A 50-year-old executive but holding his own against the best wrestler in the world. I don't know. They presented him as an equal against The Undertaker. You know? And, yeah. I mean, if, if you can present Shane as an equal against a guy who's a foot taller and whatever, I mean then you can do it where Shane actually has the 20, 30-pound weight advantage. Over yeah, the yeah, that was apparent uh, on SmackDown, and I do think that helps a little bit. Um, you know, again, it almost makes you wish that that kind of thing was played up more in, in pro wrestling, weight classes, that kind of thing, um, because it does, you know, even things out to the fact that he's got this big size, height, weight advantage, um, they, they could play to that and, and talk about that maybe even evening the playing field a little bit. Um, you touched on it, Dan, another uh, certainly featured match, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Uh, I think, you know, like you, a lot of people have high hopes for this one. Maybe the, the best story heading into uh, WrestleMania, certain, certainly the longest, I mean, uh, when, when you look at from when that relationship was created and um, all the machinations over, over months and months leading to this. I thought the promo that Jericho cut on, on Monday night was fantastic. I thought it was a great go-home uh, promo. Uh, kind of like what I liked in, in the Miz-Cena uh, feud was that it it played on reality, you know, not meant to be a shoot, but I thought it was a nice kind of melding of uh, uh, pro wrestling and reality in a way that made you want to see this match more. And uh, I do want to see it. I hope it's given plenty of time. I hope it's given a nice uh, position on the card. Uh, Harry, are you looking forward to this one? I, I really am because the uh, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens storyline, I think was the most entertaining of the year and yeah. really pulled through a lot of those episodes of Raw. And both of them were equally good at it. They, they were both excellent. So this is a prime example of how a good storyline can create a lot of anticipation. It doesn't have to be a battle of the giants or anything like that. Now, I, I, I'm sorry that Owens wasn't able to have the universal title at WrestleMania. I think that would have meant a lot for him and his future and the company. But um, I'm looking for a surprise here. I think Owens needs to win. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sami Zayn makes an appearance. Maybe mm. on Owen's side. That's just mm. my crazy uh, prediction. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. How about you, uh, Dan? Uh, high hopes on this one? Well, first of all, I think Harry ought to get a job with uh, WWE <laughs> Creative. Because no, it, I think they, that's a wonderful That idea. makes way too much sense for them. Yeah, yeah. Harry, you put, put it in your resume, then. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> Um, no, I think it'll be a great match. Um, you know, uh, Jericho has been around for a long time. He's he's consistently excellent. Owens is really, really good. Uh, 
most of the time. I mean, when he has opportunities to uh, to really kind of showcase his stuff, and I think that this being a heavily uh, featured match, they'll, they'll have the opportunity to really to go for it. Uh, so I think this will be a great one. And um, I expect, I kind of expect Jericho to come out on this one, but I would love to see uh, Kevin Owens win. I mean, in, in a match or a show with, with this many kind of part-timers, be it Lesnar and Undertaker and Triple H and Shane and, and whatever, and Goldberg, it, it would be nice for a guy like Owens, who's a full-timer, to get the win. I mean, Jericho's been here and gone and here and gone, part-time and gone and back and whatever. Uh, so it would be really nice for Owens to get the win, but I, I kind of expect to feel a good moment out of this one with Jericho getting the uh, the, the one the, the comeuppance on this one. Yeah, yeah. And and looking ahead to, you know, post-WrestleMania and so many of these part-timers uh, going away, at least for a while, you got to think that Kevin Owens has got to factor big into WWE's plans for the rest of 2017. I mean, he really becomes one of of the the top players, top names, most reliable names, you know, and they've got two full uh, touring brands right now running house shows several times a week. Um, I think it's touched on, you know, they need to keep Kevin Owens strong. Um, the, the last match we'll talk about, and, and there's loads of matches. I think this is just quantity-wise one of the biggest WrestleManias in a long time. Uh, but in terms of featured attractions, and I think we'll have some disagreement here. We, we did when we talked about it uh, last time. Uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. You know, I don't know if you call it a guilty pleasure, but I have loved this feud. I've, I've enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed the um, uh, the Total Bellas parody uh, of last uh, night on, on SmackDown. A bit of a, a change of tone. I liked Cena's response and talking smack. Again, I, I really like how invested each of these guys is into the storyline. Um, they're really putting all of themselves into it. I think it comes through. And it takes what would seem like kind of a, a throwaway match, certainly for wrestling's biggest star at the biggest show of the year, and really makes it an important featured attraction. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm really looking forward to this match. Am I alone here, uh, Harry? I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I am stunned and amazed that John Cena is in a mixed tag team match at yeah. WrestleMania. I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Um, but I think it's the conventional wisdom is such a slam dunk that John Cena and Nikki Bella will win. I think the Miz and Maurice have a good shot here. I predict some sort of dissension in the ranks between Cena and Nikki. Something will come to light. Mm. I can't say what that is, but that's what I think is going to happen. I just can't see Miz and Maurice just going down so easily. It's too predictable. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the predictions that's out there is that... uh... You know, Cena and Nikki and do go over, and the, the climax of this match is Cena dropping to one knee in the ring and popping the question. Can, can you see it happening, Dan? Oh, boy. I think they'll boo <laughs> the hell out of it. <laughs> Could you imagine that? If he goes to propose and you have 80-something <laughs> thousand people to boo. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> that would be even great on the couch moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, even better if it was just the the, the Daniel Bryan. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't have any. Um, I have no interest in seeing this match at all. Really? Okay. Uh, now here's the thing: if if okay, Cena has never well, Cena has lost to the Miz at WrestleMania years ago, but. For the most part, Cena is presented as being so much on a level above the Miz that it's a mismatch. Um, Maurice hasn't wrestled a match in years, and Nikki is the longest reigning Divas champion of all time. Like, if if Maurice had an edge on Nikki, okay, well, that can offset the edge that John Cena has on Miz. But Cena and, and Nikki have all the advantages. They're the good guys. There's just no, other than the fact that Miz is cutting better promos, there's no real interest in, 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 in my part in seeing this match play out. Well, does this go back to some of the rationale in the Jericho-Owens match in that Cena's taken some time off. He's very much a part-time player these days as well, and uh, word is he's 
leaving pretty much right after Mania to film a movie. And again, Miz, I think, becomes one of the more important players uh, on the SmackDown brand. So does he need to be kept strong? I would think on that, though, Miz gets stronger if he loses the match. Because mm-hmm. if he loses the match, he has a grudge. And he didn't get proven correct. He didn't prove his point. Now he's angry. He's got a vendetta. He, he feels he was robbed somehow in that match. Maybe um, uh, Maurice gets pinned when he was the legal person in the ring or something stupid like that. So in his mind, again, the, 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 the man, the, the w, John Cena in WWE came down against him. Um, I think that's a storyline that can play out and have longer legs than if he wins. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you can't predict magical moments, but do you, do either of you um, expect any? You know, or any any surprises? Maybe some news coming out of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, big returns. There are various names out there: the Hardys, Hulk Hogan, um, Nakamura. Uh, who knows? Any hopes or predictions, Harry? I hope something newsworthy happens in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I mean, to me, it really feels more like filler on the card. And, of course, it's considered a big boost to whoever wins, even though I I didn't really see Baron Corbin skyrocket over the past year. But Mm -hmm. I think something noteworthy has to come out of this Memorial Battle Royal for it to continue at each WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Do we see Shaq? Uh, in that match, again, for the second year in a row. I think that'd be kind of a letdown after teasing him in Big Show if if um, it's just another stare-down in a battle royal. Uh, how about you, Dan? In, any predictions or, or wishes? A couple of things. I, if I'm not mistaken, is Sonola Joe in the battle royal? I don't think is officially he is, no. Okay. I mean, if he's got no other spot on the card, then Samoa Joe winning the Battle Royal makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's only to give him a WrestleMania moment. I think it's kind of a waste of Samoa Joe to put him in a Battle Royal, but it, it gives him something. Uh, but the two things I'd like to see, I, I want to see Nakamura, and I'd love to see him have a match somewhere, just an unannounced, you know, Rock versus Eric Rowan type thing or something, or at least just do an entrance, a Nakamura mm-hmm. entrance on that stage is amazing. Or at the end of the uh, the women's match, whoever ends up winning the match, Bailey, Charlotte, whoever it is, um, maybe Charlotte, and then you know the the entrance goes off and Asuka comes out and you have a stare down and a NXT Women's Champion kind of you know issues the open challenge kind of thing. Um, those are the kind of surprises I'd like to see. I'd like to see them begin to incorporate more people from NXT and bring them up. And uh, just and, and kind of create excitement that way, and not wait until the RAW after WrestleMania to do it. You know, yeah. let's let's do it at WrestleMania. And they're in NXT's backyard. You know, that's that's NXT country. So if there was oh, exactly. ever a time yeah. to to really kind of drive up the presence of NXT, um, it would be on this WrestleMania. How about Finn Balor? I mean, he's a guy who apparently is healthy, is back on the road. Uh, nothing's been announced. Do we get that? demon entrance at wrestlemania uh, maybe him in the battle royal or i don't know everybody is kind of looking at samoa joe not having a match finn balor not having a match you know it seems like a match made in heaven right there uh but with Absolutely. you know just a week to go it doesn't look like it'll happen it would yeah. be a great match if they could pull it together yeah 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 all right guys um looking forward to it uh dan i hope you have a great time there at the show and hope to talk to you from there to kind of get a feel of the the sights and the sounds and i hope the the book goes over great i'm sure it will um the the sisterhood of the squared circle right yes yes Yes. and what i think we'll be doing is i think we'll be doing a a podcast taping immediately after the show hopefully if, if you know all the technical things go right and you know i'll be uh reporting in from uh from orlando the last time I was at uh, Mania 24 in the same building, uh, I'll be curious just to hear what it looks like because it was a dump when I went. I mean, really <laughs> awful. Um, I think really? they've, they've put some money into it since then. And, and WWE uh, deserves all the credit in the world for making it look great, and it did look great on, on the television. But I remember uh, in a pretty bad part of town, and the building itself was just decrepit. I remember the uh, the bathrooms, the urinals, was one long trough. 
uh, for everybody yeah. to like share. <laughs> uh, really disgusting. So um, I'm curious to hear what it looks like uh, these days. Uh, and when that show wrapped up, I don't know if you guys remember this, um, there was a fireworks accident at the end of, of Mania 24 and right. somebody right. like, caught fire or something. <laughs> And I remember walking out the building, headed back to my hotel room, and just all the, the sirens and the ambulance uh, flying through. So kind of a downer to end the show on. Um, and Harry, thank you for joining us. I hope it's not another uh, whatever it is, six months a year uh, before we hear from you again. Um, yeah. Thanks for Dan, taking time. I hope you sell a lot of books over WrestleMania weekend. Yes. I, I hope I do too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I hope PWI readers... Um, support uh, Dan and, and Pat LaFrog, two really, really brilliant minds uh, on, on the topic of any kind of wrestling, and in particular women's wrestling. I don't think you'll find two people who uh, have more of a knowledge base there, so I'm sure it's going to be a great read. Um, thanks, guys. Um, Harry, uh, we're going to go over to your interview with Cody Rhodes. So now you're a member of uh, arguably the hottest faction in wrestling today, the Bullet Club. Um how would you describe that experience? And overall, um, how have you enjoyed working with New Japan? Um, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of well documented. I bounce, I bounce all around and such. But the, the moment, uh, the moment I got to the airport in Tokyo, and the efficiency to which New Japan works, I made them a priority in my mind, in my heart, right away. I was already thinking, I wonder how to get to the next Wrestle Kingdom. As far as the Bullet Club is concerned, that's just, I mean, that's what, what great company to stand in. Um, and and what, what great variety, which is like, the thing about it, I thought, okay, well, maybe I can offer, you know, a different coat of paint to such a successful entity, just a mega successful entity already. Um, Maybe it can offer me something as well. I, I mean, it's like to, to rub shoulders with the Young Bucks, uh, Adam Cole, um, and then, to, you know, Kenny Omega went out there and uh, he, he put a stamp on the industry that will be there for quite some time. Uh, people will look back at that Omega Okada confrontation. Um, so for me, it was just, you know, I try to act like I've been in the end zone before, you know, when I'm there. You know, I'm in amazement of how, you know, the wrestlers of New Japan, Ring of Honor, and I'm thinking of guys like the Young Bucks, how clever they are with self-promotion, marketing, and branding, and you're doing a, pr a pretty good job yourself lately.
And uh, stateside, you've certainly made a mark in TNA. Now, it must be difficult to work in TNA right now just because of the uh, controversy regarding the ownership and getting all that settled. Has that affected your relationship with the company? Or is it when you get to the tapings, uh, it's a smooth ride? Or, or is it, can it be challenging? So sure, I've, uh, I've tried not to like brag about I want it to be seen the wrong way, but man, every experience I've had with TNA, even in that first set of tapings where they were getting ready to you know, change over an ownership, um, in that first set of tapings, I found them to be extremely organized. I got paid every night. You know, that's not something people typically share, but with all the discussion of nobody gets paid and all that, I was, I was taken care of, and it seemed to be everybody I was in the locker room with was also. Um, and then this most recent uh, trek, I can't wait to see some of the episodes air because I had one of the more fun experiences of my career there uh, as well that uh, will be on, you know, an upcoming episode of Impact. But I, I really dig everybody there from, from the new, you know, with, with Jeff being there and getting to know Jeff Jarrett. I have a lot of respect for Jeff Jarrett, a lot. Um, and I have a relationship with Dutch already. And Josh Matthews and I are very close friends. What would you say that you're doing right now in TNA that you wished you had been given the opportunity to do in WWE? How is it different for you? Take a risk. you long to show some heelish tendencies in TNA and also Ring of Honor you know conventional wisdom would say that you would have ridden the wave a little bit longer coming out of WWE as a fan favorite just because of the overall interest and you wouldn't be a heel so soon it, do, do you prefer being a heel or is that just something a direction you really want to go in I, I, tend, to, I tend to skew away from conventional wisdom most of my career choices um, for good or for bad. However, I, when I thought about the direction you know, I was going to head 
mean, I started to kind of like dig into that in my mind, and um, I remember this thing that my dad told me, and I tell this to people all the time, but he used to tell me when we talk about modern day wrestling, he would say, uh, well, there's good guys, there's bad guys, and then there's stars. And, and he's, I remember I kind of like dug in deeper with him one night, he was explaining what circumstance were circumstance in that evening or in that, you know, few weeks of television will tell you who to boo for, who to cheer for, but the stars, they're just, they're just, you know, that's where you want to be. And that's why I don't really think of it as a good guy, bad guy, baby face, heel, especially in 2017. The Bullet Club's the best example. I mean, it's hard to boo the Bullet Club. Uh, that's a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool group. Uh, it would be real hard to dumb them down if you think about the young bucks mm-hmm. and the things they can do in the ring. Kenny Omega, things they can do in the ring. Adam Cole, just that overall movie star polish of them, you know. So that's how I look at it. I I, I treat the I industry very differently um, because of that advice. And I think in 2017, there's a lot of that, actually. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I think of Ric Flair in particular, where it was more like, events kind of determined whether you would cheer Flair or not. You know, one moment he's standing up to Nikita Koloff and everybody's cheering for him. And then next circumstance is he's in a big feud with your dad and, and breaking his ankle and uh, everybody's booing the heck out of him. Circumstance, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, really, that's really more important, I think, than the defining good guy, bad guy thing is circumstance. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess you left WWE, I guess it's almost eight months ago. Uh, I know it doesn't seem that long. So you've been an independent contractor now in the literal sense of the word. Is it liberating? It kind of strikes me as the old territorial days where you're like Stan Hansen. You're doing TNA, then you go over to Ring of Honor, then you go to Japan. It, I guess uh, it must be liberating. I think uh, I try my best. That's the type of wrestling I grew up on. Was you know, well, I didn't grow up on it. I kind of went back and grew up on it. I guess, but the territory element of wrestling, uh, I, I love. I, I think that, like you said, kind of a true independent contractor in that sense. For example, um, the War Culture in that championship and the uh, the GFW Next Gen Championships are both. I got granted the right to take those wherever I go like a traveling champion, and uh, I dig it. The only, the only thing I didn't expect after leaving WWE, though, is my management booked me. Uh, this is some of the loops, some of the, some of the flights, mm-hmm. some of the situations that have been like, man, I'm just glad we made it. Um, <laughs> it's been really aggressive. You know, we're hitting a lot of markets. We're having a lot of frequent travel between uh, England and Japan, uh, heading to Qatar uh, in April. Um, so I didn't expect the travel to be worse. I, I ain't complaining. Uh, it's, uh, it's cool to be wanted. Now that's interesting. So I'm not going to ask you about all this new downtime that you have now that you're going from WWE. Oh, yeah. Not practicing your golf game or anything like that? Yeah, no, man. That doesn't exist. I get home and uh, run some errands around the house. Well, uh, I should really mention um, what you did last year, which was considered the ultimate social media masterstroke. And I'm talking about the list where you use that not only to really generate buzz about leaving WWE, but to generate buzz about your future, which not most people don't pull that off. Where, where did you come up with that idea?
more than just the interest. And I also wanted to, I guess I always, I didn't really think of it as a social media master stroke as much as I thought about it. This is kind of a promise. This is like a promise um, for better or for worse. For these being potentially the best matches ever, or for me not being able to hold up my end of the bargain, this list 